right. All right, as you're getting your bags of sand, uh, don't play with them too much. You don't want them to pop open and go everywhere. We'll get to that toward the end of the message this morning. Thank you so much, praise team and choir, for leading us this morning. Didn't they do a fantastic job today? I am so thankful to have Cody as our worship minister here in the church and, and uh, just the, the wonderful, wonderful work that they all do. Um, so, so thankful. And as we look uh, into a new year and we think about today, today is the first Sunday that we meet together and we worship together in the year 2024, the year of our Lord. Amen. I'm so thankful for that. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I'm here to report to you on the state of our church and the state of our church is strong. Amen. God has been good to our church. He has blessed our church. We have so much to be thankful for, so much to look forward to, and we, we pray that in this year we will be faithful with everything. That's a, that's a good word for this year, it's just faithfulness. God wants us to remain faithful, and uh, just as we have in the past. Today we're going to look at like past, present, and future. Um, Proverbs 29, 18 is one of the passages that we're going to be looking at. But I, I, I wanted to go a little bit uh, different direction for the bulk of the sermon this morning. So I want you, I want you to turn in your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I know that that's different than what's on the slide there. But we're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And you're going to scroll down to verse 58. It's down toward the very end of the, the chapter there. So go ahead and open your Bible there. And look at that as Paul addresses the, first, uh, the, the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians He's encouraging them toward the end, challenging them toward the end of the book. Remember, he's gone through a lot of the things that the Corinthian church didn't get right. <laughs> so toward the end, he needed to remind them, hey, this is what we're going to do. And we need that vision. And we're going to talk about the prophetic vision as we get to the end of the message this morning. But here's the biblical truth. And this is the truth for 2024. Christians must stay busy about Christ's work until He comes. We need to be busy about the Lord's work. When Jesus told the parable of the talents, do you remember what He said? And I love the old King James Version. It says, He called His ten servants together, delivered them ten pounds, and said to them, Occupy until I come. You remember that? That's the admonition of the Lord for Christians, believers, living in the last days. Living in the latter times. That's you and me. We're living in the latter days. The time between Christ death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, and the time, the, the time of His second coming. We're living in those latter days, and He says to us to occupy until He comes. Well, what does that mean? That means do business. Take territory. Do the Lord's work until He comes. And that's our biblical truth this morning, that we would be continuing on and staying busy about the Lord's work. And that's Paul's challenge to the Corinthian church. So have you found your place there in 1 Corinthians? Go ahead and stand and let's read that, that last verse of chapter 15. Paul says, Therefore, my beloved brothers, brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable, Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Knowing that in the Lord, 
Your labor is not in vain. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we are thankful for Your Word this morning. We're thankful for a new year. Opportunities to serve You. Opportunities to take our time and our talents and our treasures and offer them to You. Lord, I pray that we would look at the past and be steadfast and immovable. I pray, Lord, that we'd look at the present and we would desire to be abounding in the work that You've given us to do. And I pray that in the future, Lord, we would look forward to Your coming, knowing that every, everything that we do, all the labor that we can give You, is not in vain. Lord, we thank You for those that are here that have labored so diligently. And we pray for Your blessings on each and every one of them. And that they would continue in their task. Lord, I pray for the one that's here today that's never lifted up their hands to the task of ministry, that they would move from being a recipient of the ministry of the church to being responsible for the ministry of the church today in their heart. And their hands and their feet would follow. And I pray, Father, for the one today that doesn't know You, Lord, that they would give their heart to You. They would receive Your salvation by faith today. Save the one that doesn't know you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. If we're going to continue in the Lord's work, and we're going to be faithful with our moments in 2024 to serve the Lord with all that we have, we need three things. Number one, we need perspective from our past. We need perspective from our past. Notice what, what Paul says to the church. He says, Therefore, my beloved brothers... Be steadfast, immovable. I love those words. And they speak to the foundation of it all. If you're going to be steadfast and immovable, you're going to have to get right back down to the footing, to the foundation, and examine it and make sure that it is founded on the rock. Jesus talked about how if we hear His words and we do them, we'll be like a, a person, a man or a woman, who has planted their life, their, their life, they built their house, on the rock. And whenever the trials of life come, we'll be steadfast and immovable. And so what is the foundation? Well, if we're thinking about our church, we're thinking about Myrtle Grove Baptist Church and all that God has done, we need to think about our past and look, look back into it. And there's a, some wonderful gems of, of truth and, and examples for us if we'll just dig deep a little bit down to the foundation and say, where did we come from? And so that's what I want to do for a few minutes this morning. In November of 1929, 16 Southern Baptists, this church was founded by 16 founding members of the church in the Myrtle Grove community, met to establish a Southern Baptist church. On March 23, 1930, the organization voted to purchase 165 feet of frontage on Lillian Highway, where the church is today. Church gatherings on the property began in a tent on Sunday morning of April 15, 1930. See, they had their individual climate zones that they could adjust individually in that tent. And the air conditioning looked a lot like this. It, it teaches us, you know, never to complain, doesn't it? About the temperature of the room. Because we could be meeting in a tent, folks. But God gave us a building. Amen. And God gave that church a building. But 
The church's original sanctuary burned down on September 18, 1944 in the throes of World War II when many of the men in the community had gone off to war and the women were left behind and here they are left without a sanctuary once again. Now the next records that we have is the construction of what we now know as Butler Chapel and how it, it began. Let's go back to the construction and think about that for just a minute. Somewhere around 1950, this, the old sanctuary was completed and the church entered in and began to worship together in that building. But what this makes, makes me realize is as the church is, is persevering through trials, what we realize is that through every trial, the reason that we face those trials is because God has something so much better for us. If the first sanctuary hadn't burned down, we wouldn't have Butler Chapel. And isn't that perspective on our past? Can't you look back on your personal journey of faith with the Lord and go, every trial that I faced, everything I went through, it made me stronger. Everything that I went through with the Lord led up to something even greater. And even if you're in the middle of the trial, you can look ahead and say, my God is good. He's on the throne. He's returning one day. And I am seated in the heavens with Christ. And glory to God, there's better days ahead. And you can look at that and go, hey, God's up to something in my life. Myrtle Grove Baptist Church has had that perspective for years and years. Almost 94 years together as a church. We've kept that perspective that God is up to something good and better days are ahead. Are ahead. And we must never lose that perspective. And we have to persevere through the trials. Listen, folks, there's other things. I mean, we had the transition of pastoral staff over those years. We had Hurricane Ivan that came through. And in the darkest days of this community, Myrtle Grove Baptist Church shined as the light to the community during Hurricane Ivan. We had COVID. <laughs> Whew, golly. I'm glad COVID's almost over. Um, <laughs> Hurricane Sally. Even in the midst of the COVID epidemic, we, went, we, we persevered through that. Once again, we, we learned the lessons from Eisen, Ivan. Eisen, Ivan, I invented a new hurricane. We learned the lessons from Ivan and we re-implemented some of those things again for Sally. And we helped so many members of the community. And we had the Southern Baptist Disaster Relief come and occupy our facilities and go out into the community and help people recover after that disaster. But, but for some reason, many of us, many Christians today, are tempted to give up at the slightest hint of difficulty. Oh, I saw a cloud. I'm not going to make it today. Not only did we persevere through our trials, and we need to keep that in perspective, we praised during our triumphs. We've always praised during our triumphs. We've given God the glory for everything that was done. When this, when this worship center was refurbished uh, back in the 90s, we burned the note just a few years later in the gymnasium. And we worshipped and we celebrated. We didn't know how God was going to accomplish it, but we believed through it and we worshipped. When we persevere under trial, we find that the Lord is our helper and that we can overcome every obstacle and the gates of hell cannot prevail against us. And then that causes us, when we win that victory, to give God the praise and give Him all the glory for what's happened. 
We've praised through those triumphs before. And we must continue to praise. We were generous with our treasures. We've given faithfully over the years. During uh, the 1980s, Reverend Butler challenged the church to give generously towards, towards missions. He stood in this place and he said that we need to give more to the cooperative program. We need to give more to missions. And as a result, giving trends increased. And in 1987, the church gave 23% of its budget to the cooperative program. That doesn't, mean that, that doesn't mean that people had more money to give and more, people gave more. It means that the church gave more to missions and they became more mission-minded. Not only that, we have faithfully supported missionaries on the field. We faithfully supported seminary students, evangelists that have come to this church and gone out from this church, as well as church planters who have planted churches. And we continually do that. We've been generous before. There shouldn't be anything that holds us back. Why? Because we've been generous before. We've given 23% before and God preserved our church. Amen? We, we, we didn't financially, we have financial ruin or collapse because we gave 23% to the Lord's work. Can we not do it again? Hey, let's make it a goal. Make it a priority. Not only that, we were united in our task. Hey, we came together through trials and tribulations. We came together whenever there was work to be done. And we strengthened our hands just like the exiles who returned during Nehemiah's time. They strengthened their hands to the work. Our churches strengthened our hands to our, to our work that God has put before us. In, even in the very beginning, listen, they, they were making young people the priority. Look at this. <laughs> this is... Amazing. But, but listen, on June 13th, way back in 1930, Armor Bearers Young People's Union on Sunday evenings began, which later became known as Training Union, but it was for young people. And by 1932, the church's membership had grown to 71 with a Sunday school enrollment of 127 and a Baptist Young People's Union enrollment of 52. Now, you, you just get this for a second. There's 127 people in the church and 52 of them are young enough to be in Baptist Young People's Union. Young people were the priority. And the, and the older folks, they took it up as their task to train up a new generation of Christ followers here at Myrtle Grove Baptist Church. Folks, you have work to do. I have work to do. Because whenever I die, I'm going to be with Jesus. Amen. Whenever you die, if you know Christ, you're going to be with Him. But there's a whole generation of new people out there that don't know Christ. And they're being raised in homes where the gospel's not present. They don't know what a Bible is or how to find it or, or where to look something up, even if they had one. And they probably never really heard the name of Jesus except for used as a curse word. And once again, our church, we must make reaching the next generation our priority. That's why we've been planted here. That's the goal. And it's never too late to make that the goal. Myrtle Grove Baptist Church has planted three mission churches as well. We were united in that task. First Millview Baptist Church planted in 1954 and it stands today as Blue Angel Baptist Church on Highway 98. 
near the Haven Park community. And then also Myrtle Grove Baptist Church established Heritage Baptist Church in 1974 in Cantonment. Still there. Remains as a thriving congregation in a growing area. That's the one on the top left there. They've got some kind of dome thing going on up there. I don't know exactly what that's about. I might have to go check it out. But thirdly, Middle Grove Baptist Church planted Perdido Bay Baptist Church in 1970 near Perdido Community on Sorrento Road. And all three Baptist churches continue to serve the people of Scambia County today. We gave generously as well as did the work. I've got some historical photos I could have shown you, but there's, there's just one there of the groundbreaking. Members of the church were there with shovels in their hands and they broke the ground. And they were there. They put their hands to the task. And they were united in that task. Myrtle Grove Baptist Church has led numerous mission trips statewide and abroad. We've commissioned and sponsored numerous missionaries. We've been united in the gospel work. When the Spirit of Christ gets inside of your heart and He begins to stir within you His work, His task, and your heart is stirred and my heart is stirred, and it's not about me, it's not about you, it becomes about His work, then we'll be united toward the goal. And our past gives us perspective for our present and for our future, and we need that perspective today. And what we realize is, as we look at these photos, we think about what the church has done in the past, we realize that our Christian heritage, or the, or the heritage of Myrtle Grove Baptist Church, that's your heritage. And that's my heritage. This is who we are. And not just that, we join the ranks of people like Peter, Andrew, James, and John, Paul, Silas, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Noah, David, Luther, Calvin, Zwingli, Hubmeyer, Whitfield. Wesley and White. These are our people. And this is our past. The Lord reminded the church at Ephesus who had left their first love. They, they had abandoned that. They left all that behind. They said, you know what? Forget about all that. It's a new day. In Revelation 2.5, the Lord Jesus said, Remember therefore. Remember Therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. See, there are lessons that we are bound to repeat if we don't learn from our past. Here's a question. What lessons have you learned from the Lord in 2023. As you look back and you gain perspective from where you've been this past year, what is the Lord teaching you that must be applied in 2024? Perspective from your past. The second thing that we need, if we're going to stay useful for the glory of God, and we're going to stay busy about His work until Christ comes. Secondly, we need praise for our present. That's what we need. We need to clothe ourselves with praise as a garment. Praise begins with a relationship with Christ. And it informs our reasoning. And it becomes our response to what He's done. 
That's what praise is. Notice what Paul says again. He says, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And to abound means to overflow. It means what's on the inside comes out. It means that he's done a great work on the inside, so we're going to do a great work on the outside. We're going, to, we're going to respond to what he's done on the inside of us. Has he done a great work in you? Can you say, amen, can you say, I'm not the same that I used to be? I'm not, not as I once was. Glory to God, I'm not who I once was, and I'm not yet who I will be. But in the meantime, I'm becoming more like Christ, and I'm working for him. Our present victories are to be recognized as the grace of God at work in us all along the way. And even the, the ups and the downs, because we remember what He's done in the past, we can say, I'm not on my way down, I'm actually on my way up. Even when we're in the low spots. I just want to recount just the recent the recent, the most recent past, the 2023 year for us for just a moment. You got time for that? Can, you, can we do just a quick snapshot of 2023 and some of the numbers? Let's look together. In, in our membership group, uh, we had 15 baptisms and 24 other new members in 2023. Amen. God's growing our church. Committees and volunteers. We had uh, a total of seven committees with uh, over 40 volunteers volunteering on committees. We had a total of 30 teams. These are ministry teams with more than 100 volunteer positions being filled in our church. Now, here's the thing. Some of those people are duplicates on those teams. But what a goal is for us as we look at 2024 is to have all of those team positions filled, all those committee positions filled, and more people filling positions than we have now. Every member of this church should be on a team serving in some way. That's, something, that's a goal that we have. Then also, we look at music ministry. We just saw the choir and the praise team here and the AV ministry. There's 33 total volunteers that served in 2023. And listen, Cody added this one in there. I'm so grateful that he did. We learned 17 new songs in 2023. Amen. I think we can learn 18 in 2024. What about you? Cody, I'm sorry, that's more work. But I, I know uh, that's so important for us to continue to grow in our music ministry. And then also, children's ministry. And How many of you are thankful for children's ministry? I mean, cause if you're not here, you're not going to raise your hand right now. We'll just go get the kids and bring them on over here. We'll let them sit next to you. I'm so thankful. Nursery, we have an average of 14 on Sunday. I think that's even more. I think that was a little bit dated there. Upward, we have, uh, last year we had, or this past year, we've had 43 registered players and four cheerleaders in 2023. And uh, PLC, we had a total enrollment of 37 children in the PLC with 10 staff, paid staff at the PLC. Man, God's doing a work in our children's ministry, and it's continuing to grow. I mean, there's been several Sundays lately where they've hit 30 over there while we've been in here worshiping. Uh, just kids running around everywhere. No, they're safe, I promise. Um, children's ministry. Youth ministry. An average of uh, 10 during Sunday school, 15 to 20 on Wednesday nights. Open gym reached 
30 before basketball season uh, started. So you, if you recall, we had open gym before COVID, and it took us a while to get it going again. But now that we've got it going, we hit uh, 30, an average of 30 on, uh, before basketball season. First priority happens over at Escambia County, uh, excuse me, Escambia High School. And there's 12 on average there. FCA breakfast, and I, I can't remember how many thousands of dollars it was that we've given to FCA for breakfast. We've, we've given that uh, to that every week uh, during the, the football season. Served 90 players and coaches every Friday. I mean, you, you can go over here on a Friday morning. If you want to do some ministry to our young people, go on over there on a Friday morning and be at the door waiting when they come in. Tuesday student outreach. Uh, see, on Tuesday afternoon, we meet out here under a little tent, a little pop-up tent, and we serve refreshments to the students that are walking by, canvassing our campus. They're coming by, and they're just going right by, by us. And we were, for a while, we were just ignoring the fact that we had tons of students crossing by every day, but then we finally said, hey, why don't we do something about this? And we started handing out the life books and we handed out the refreshments and we started praying with them and leading some of them to Christ. There was several of them that made professions of faith. We had youth camp in 2023. We had 28 students and leaders. And in 2024, the goal is 40 students and leaders going to youth camp. I'm excited about our youth ministry. And also, CSM. Hey, did you know that we have a Christian social ministry that works every single week to minister to the community to meet their needs physically and socially? Did you know that? Well, if you didn't know that, it is a vibrant ministry of our church. And it happens every single week. And even during Christmas, they still met up here. And uh, the day after New Year's, they were open again, serving members of the community. The backpack ministry is part of that. And you, know, you hear from uh, Brother Roland Kuhlman, occasionally, Myrtle Grove Baptist Church provided enough sustainable backpack food for about 50 children at Sherwin Elementary. There were 5,700 sustainable meals provided through that ministry. Wow. And that doesn't even include 14 weeks whenever they're out and we don't give them the backpacks. But during the school year, 5,700 meals served. The food pantry had 5,523 clients. These are individuals that came through Butler Chapel to receive the ministry of food during the year. That's supposed to be, that comma's in the wrong place, but that's supposed to be 1,561 mouths fed. That's not right. 15,600 and something. That, that's, that's it. The comma's in the right place. I'm missing a digit. Sorry, Miss Ellen. Uh, there were 865 new clients seen in 2023. Now listen to this. On a weekly average, we handed out 1,638 pounds of food per week. Average. If you don't believe that that's true, just show up whenever the truck comes in. Because we moved that food <laughs> off the truck up into the chapel so that we can distribute it. 37 faithful volunteers. Now, they, they asked us, they said, we don't need more volunteers 
for the weekly distribution. But I will say this, we could use more men, more men, more woman power, more power uh, on that Wednesday when the truck comes in. So if you get that text message and you've got time to come, even if you can only come for part of the time, come and help us unload. Uh, that's once a month. Uh, closing, clothing room. We had uh, 1,366 people who came through our clothing room in 2023. We had 12 faithful volunteers. And thank God for the ministry of clothing. Let's think about our offerings for a moment. Our giving. And our general offerings. And, and by the way, I was told to tell you that these are approximate and these numbers are, some of these numbers are still coming in. So don't hold us to these numbers. Because uh, we're not voting on this or anything like that. This isn't a business meeting. But we had uh, $783,652 given just in our general offerings through the year, which is an increase over the previous year, about forty grand or something like that. So we have an increase in our general offerings this year. Designated accounts, uh, we had $69,000, almost $70,000 that, that was given specifically to ministries. And our missions offerings... For Lotting Moon, we gave $10,942. Somebody celebrate that. Our goal was $10,000, and we, we surpassed it by $942. Annie Armstrong, uh, $4,929. And McGuire State Missions, $3,296. Remind you that all of, the, all of this money is, it doesn't go through processing fees or anything like that. It goes directly to the missionaries on the field, the church planners on the field. So when you give to these offerings, it bypasses all the red tape and everything, and it just goes straight to the missionaries. And also, uh, Operation Christmas Child Shoeboxes, we sent off 200. Now, somebody told me that we lost two or three in the transition. I don't know how that happened, if they just fell off the car, you know, going down the highway. Some child in Escambia County went, whoa, Christmas came early. Um, so somehow we lost a couple boxes. But 200 or how many we sent. So, and I, I'm praying for even more. We're going to set a goal of 300 for next year. Amen. And then, just going back to the passage, in light of all of this, Paul says, always abounding. Always abounding. What we're seeing here is that in 2023, it's the overflow of what God has done in our hearts. Now it's overflowing outwardly. And we give God the credit for it, and that's called praise. Amen. That word there that he says, abounding in the work, the word is ergon. And from that word we get the idea of ergonomics, right? That's the, that's the science or the technology of a workstation or working. right? Ergonomics. Bought Allison a little uh, pad for Christmas for her wrist so that when she's click, click, clicking, she doesn't come home in the evening with a sore wrist ergonomics, right? From working. Working makes you tired. Working makes you sore, right? Working makes your, your back hurt, right? Working takes time and energy and effort. Amen? But a life of praise doesn't just come in this place and open your mouth on Sunday morning and then go home and do nothing the rest of the week. A life of praise is about taking every single moment of your life and using it for the glory of God. That's what it means to praise Him in your present. Every step of the way. Ephesians 5, 
Paul tells the church, look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of the time because the days are evil. And then he goes on to talk about praise. So he's saying the foundation of all of that is a life that reflects the words that you say when you come to church. A life that says, Jesus has done a great work in me, so I owe Him everything. And I'm going to give Him my all. Is that true for you? We need perspective from our past. We need praise in our present. But thirdly, we need faithfulness for the future. We've got to stay faithful. How do we stay faithful? Listen to what Paul says. Always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Think about that word knowing. Having a relationship with Jesus Christ that's built on the Word. Knowing what God has to say for you. If you've not spent time in the Word, this is a great opportunity right here at the beginning of the year, at the head of the year, to develop a healthy Bible habit. Getting into the Word daily and saying, I'm going to give God the very beginning of my day. I'm going to devote it to Him. I'm not just going to talk to Him, but I'm going to listen to Him and what He has to say so that I might know what He wants for my life. Now here's the Proverbs passage. Proverbs 29.18 The ESV says, Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. The old King James says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. And you're, going to, you're going to diminish in your devotion to Jesus Christ this year. You're going to lack faithfulness if you're not hearing from Him on a daily basis. You have to hear the Word of the Lord in order to be faithful. Get in the Word. And then knowing that, in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Notice, there's a lot of things that you could do with your 2024, and you're going to wind up at the end of 2024, and you're going to go, whoa, where did that year go? I don't even know. And you're going to look back and go, say, I didn't accomplish anything. Just one more year in the books. And your labor will be in vain. But how do you keep it from being in vain? You keep it from being in vain by putting your labor in the Lord. Amen. Put it in Him. This is going to be our challenge today. This is your challenge. And this is what we're going to do with this jar. And your little bag of sand. Anybody spilled your sand? Go ahead and admit it right now. No, oh wait, I saw Rick, uh, just about put his hand up back there. All right. You got your bag. In just a few moments during the invitation, we're going to take our bag that represents our time, our talents, and our treasure. Little moments. Every grain of sand in there represents your, your moments, your gifts. Everything that you got, really, if you could sum it all up in that bag, that represents your 2024. And in just a few moments, we're going to come and we're going to put that Open our bag and put it in that jar. Notice what he says. He says, in the Lord. If you take your time and your talents and your treasures and you go use them on other things and don't put them in the Lord, your labor will be in vain. You'll look back and you'll wish that you had done it differently. But if you put it in the Lord, he says, it is not in vain. It is not empty is what that word means. 
And when he talks about labor, he, he, he uses that word copio. And when we think about that word copio, what do, you, what do you think of when you hear that? The word cope, right? You ever had to cope with anything? Sometimes life doesn't go the way that you wished it would. Right? And sometimes you think, well, it's not going the way I thought it was going. It must not be doing it right. I'm doing it wrong. And this isn't amounting to anything. And, and you get discouraged. But I want to tell you, if you're serving the Lord, it doesn't matter how you feel about it. The Lord's blessing you. And it's not in vain. It's not for nothing. It's for something. Don't get discouraged from doing good. Keep your eye on Christ. See, here's the thing. There's a day that's coming. He is coming again. It could be in 2024. It might be 10 years from now. It might be 100 years from now. But when you pass away or He returns, you will receive an unfading crown of glory. No one can take it away from you. And the reason that's true is because when Christ came the first time, He came not to condemn you for all the things that you'd done wrong. He came to take the penalty for your sin and then die on the cross for that sin so that you could be set free and you could have hope for your future. And you have a, a place in heaven with Him. Luke 12.36 says, And be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast so that they may open the door to Him at once when He comes and knocks. You've got to have a little context, context there. The groom would leave his house and go to the bride's house and go pick up the bride. And then they would come in procession back to the groom's house for the second part of the celebration. And that going and receiving them and coming back again, that's a picture of the return of Christ. And those men that were standing there guarding that door, they were waiting and ready and they were going to let everybody come in. And he says, that's the kind of people that we ought to be. Jesus is out there and He's bringing people, home, bringing people in every single day. And we need to be welcoming them in. We need to be working, doing the labor of the kingdom until He comes. Every believer this year should be worshiping. Every believer this year should be witnessing. Every believer this year should be working, laboring. And if you don't have a ministry, you should find one. Psalm 102, serve the Lord with gladness. Psalm 90 verse 12, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Well, maybe today, if you're going to be faithful with the day that God has given you, maybe for some of us today, that means putting your faith in Jesus for the very first time. That means saying, Jesus, I believe in You. I believe that You lived a sinless life and You died. And I admit to You that I'm a sinner and I need Your salvation. 
Maybe that's what He wants you to do with today. If you're not in Him, that's exactly what He would say. Come to Him in faith today. And if you're a believer, but you've backslidden, you wasted 2023, there's forgiveness there. And what He's saying is come back. We can do it differently in 2024. It's a new opportunity. Every day is a new opportunity to serve Him faithfully. And so maybe the invitation is for you to say, I'm coming back. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes and we'll have our invitation time. If you're not in Christ today, you've never given your heart to Him. Listen, He lived a sinless life, the life that you can never live. And He's saying to you that you can be saved. You can have your sins forgiven, wiped out. And you can have your name written down in heaven. And if you want that, you desire that, just pray this simple prayer in your heart. Dear Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. And I confess that You are a sinless Savior. I believe You died on the cross for my sin. I believe that You were raised again on the third day and that You're alive and that You are returning. I want to be ready when You come. I give You my heart now. I ask You to forgive me, a sinner. Make me a new person. And I'll live the rest of my life serving You and loving You until You return. In Your name I pray. Amen. Would you stand with me? If you prayed that prayer and you meant it with all your heart, that's a confession that should be made publicly. And so we're going to give you this invitation that if you prayed that prayer and you meant that, this is your opportunity to come and share what Jesus has done for you. If you're coming back to the Lord, you've been away from Him, if you know Him and He's been calling you, and today you're answering and you're saying, Lord, I'm coming back to You. And you come. This is your invitation. If you're wanting to join Myrtle Grove Baptist Church because you know the Lord has put you here, you come. And if you simply need prayer, our prayer counselors will be here. Let's sing together our hymn of invitation.